Welcome back to the Homeschooling Made Easy podcast. We are your hosts. Dr. Fred Ray Librand is the creator of the independent homeschool website, courses, and YouTube channel. He also has authored several books on parenting, education, and time management. My name is Karen and I am a current homeschooling mom of six children with a homeschooling YouTube channel called Our House. Welcome. If you would like to submit your questions to be featured on a future show, please email them to homeschoolingpodcast at gmail.com. Here's a question uh, that I have for you that I think is pretty interesting. What is something that you did while you were homeschooling that you think most homeschoolers don't do today? That was good. <laughs> Whatever you'd like to share, you can learn from your mistakes. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things I think Jody and I did in God's kindness from one of our mentors that was important that I don't think most homeschoolers do mm -hmm. is we um, made a decision and then we tried to set it up structurally and visually. So we wanted actions to reinforce what we believed. And, and it was this, that the marriage was more important and more central to the family than any of the kids were. Yes. So, so if we went somewhere, rather than sitting me on one end and kids in the middle to corral them, keep them in the middle, we always sat by each other and put some of the kids on either side and just mix that up. Yeah. That makes sense. Or at the dinner table, instead of sitting her at one end and me at the other in the adversarial position, the kids around us, Jody and I would sit by each other and the kids would sit around the table. Yes. Um, our, our bedroom was not a family room. That would be probably, I don't know if that's different or not, but it wasn't a family bed. It wasn't a family room. I kind of grew up with that. Um, but what we decided is we wanted to make a well, first we wanted a place to hide, right? Just a place <laughs> yes. we could go. And then we decided that modeled something so that we'd come out, hopefully smiling and the kids eventually would go, I don't know what goes on in there, but I'm going to grow up and get me one of them bedrooms and one of them spouses. Cause I that seems to work. And yeah. so we were focused on saying, look, whether we had kids or not, we were still a family as a couple. Right. And when the kids right. leave, we're still a couple. And so we made being a couple central to the game. We didn't make it all about the kids. We made it about family. The kids were being prepared to get out into life, right? Happy adults, but we kept that central. I would say that would be a, uh, a strategic thing that, that we did. I'll tell you one more. We also um, really respected the nature of age so that the older you got, the more privilege you got. So mm -hmm. that seemed to be important, more responsibility, more privilege. So we had different bedtimes for the kids depending on age. We had certain stages you get to that you wouldn't get certain kinds of discipline. It never was really an issue, but we just cut off for it. Right. Um, there were different things when you got to a certain age, you could do a certain thing. Our kids, this would be crazy. Um, when you turned 18, they were all in our house um, at 18, but it could be the beginning of your senior year either way. Um, our kids had no curfew. Literally, 
I know this is crazy. So this is, and that's quite fun. <laughs> Literally no curfew. Like they could stay out all night once they were 18. Cause in our mind, they're fixing to go to college, going to be able to do it anyway. And so it'd be better for them to experience it and get in trouble in our home. So we can help them. You know, if you don't, whatever you don't teach your kids at home, God will send them on a field trip after they leave, you know, just that's how it works. So what we experienced with all five of the kids is they all tried it a time or two. I mean, the, you had to let us know some text or call us and let us know where you were, you know, or Jody. <laughs> I, she was she fine. She I think I was the first one. Well, here's what we discovered. They go stay out all night and then they'd go, Phew, that's the dumbest thing to do. I'm exhausted. <laughs> and they didn't do it anymore. You know, it's it like a, a thrill yeah, because they're getting old enough to make their own decisions. You got to give them some freedom, uh, you know, or honor their freedom. They probably have it anyway um, to, to do life. And so we wanted to let them start having some responsibility and choice over their life, uh, without having to be in and us hovering over them and that, you know, all those are distrust things, distrust the world, distrust the kid. Well, our kids are getting to a place where whether we trust them or not, they got to do life. So in our context, our conviction was, was a strange thing to do was to remove curfew, uh, by the time you hit 18. Uh, and so, in that regard, it stepped them up into personal responsibility and decisions about some things regarding their times and their friendships, et cetera, that for us panned out really well with all five kids. So yeah, tell me about that. These, these things that you did differently, you know, the putting marriage first and giving them their freedom, letting them test. How, what impact do you see that that had in your children now that they're all adults? Well, as you know, our site is independenthomeschool.com. So what we were trying to do is prepare people to be independent in this world. And, you know, I told them I, in some ways that's a curse, what we did with them. Cause and I told all the kids this several, many times I said, what we're trying to teach you in terms of your own skills, your own ability to think for yourself, uh, what we would consider to be a path of wisdom. We're setting you up to experience something more than most people, and that is pain. You're actually going to see how messy the world is, and you're going to see what's going on in more profound ways. You're not going to easily be able to click a channel and change to a different movie and then forget it. You're going to think more profoundly because you're going to experience a lot more stuff, and you're going to know how to evaluate it. But that also means you can be part of the answers that this world needs and not just sit there and drift kind of as a victim, uh, which is a lot of what we have going on. It's the yeah. government, right? It's parents. It's, it's everybody else's fault. There's no, um, Hey, maybe it's me, you know, right. <laughs> there's, there's not much of that. So a lot of, of what we were focused on, Karen, was that exact thing of trying to, get them to a place of personal responsibility of ownership and the skills to go out and figure it out. Every, every child, uh, before we sent them off, uh, out of the house on with our kids all to college, we took them out to dinner, just mom and me. And, uh, the dinner, the deal with dinner, go anywhere you want, spend whatever you want. They always pick chubacabras or whatever the Brazilian, the Brazilian steakhouse. Oh, yes. 
I call it chupacabra because that's another me, you know. Um, But uh, we would go there and then we would um, let them eat and then let them ask any questions they wanted to. And we had a few little things we wanted to tell them, but any questions they had about us and college and life and anything onward. And in those conversations, I always ask the kids the same question, which was, if you go out and you uh, fail, if you go out, excuse me, and you succeed, whose fault is it? And they would ponder briefly and they'd say, well, I guess that'd be my fault themselves. I'd say, good. And if you go out and fail, whose fault is it? And they all looked at me and said, well, that'd be your fault, wouldn't it? You know, joking. But yeah, Yeah. they're getting the point. You know, your success and your failure is going to be your thing. This isn't about me. I even have told the kids now as they're grown and out in the life that I don't use the phrase, I'm proud of you. I don't like to use that at all. I did it a lot in high school and younger. You're special, you're cool, I love you. But I don't do it now because I don't want to get into thing and then I'm not proud of some things and others and some competition. You're more proud of this and that. What I do is I say to the kids, I'm happy. I'm happy for you. You've gotten this promotion. You've gotten this thing. This thing's happening. I'm happy for you. So I, you know, I want to honor and respect as much as I can in my fallen, broken, you know, limping way to really respect and honor their freedom, responsibility, and that they're the ones sitting there building the life they're building, uh, rather than making it about me and my identity. And your approval, right? Yeah, all that stuff. You know, I've I've realized um, at times as as we made this transition, and now we have grandkids and other things, I look at stuff and I go, you know, I don't know if my kids are, I told you this privately, you know, they're loving enough towards us, you know, do they call us and dote on us and love on us? Uh, and I go, no, nah. and are they respectful? Are they, you know, writing us these great notes about how awesome we are. And that may not be, uh, that may be something else besides respect. But, but, I, but I realized that was never my goal. If your goal is to get your kids to love you, you might be tempted to make rice crispy cakes for them and, you know, the things you do, you indulge them and give them gifts and love on them and all because you need that, that love. Uh, you could also wish respect, intimidate or something like that and try to gain respect. And I realized back to your question, that was never my goal to get them to grow up and love me and to respect me. By the way, they love me and respect me. I know that. Uh, yeah. But my goal was to get them ready for life. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, the picture was they're able to go out and figure stuff out and thrive on their own. That was actually consciously what was in my head. Maybe not as much in Jody's, but definitely in mine, but we've made different contributions to the game. So in kind of wrapping up this question, is there anything you would have done differently now after you know all of this, anything you would have changed or done differently? Yeah, you know, that's, I've given that a little thought. Um, There are things that I know now would have taught them a little better about reading. They're all good readers, but I would have, just like with writing, realizing I needed to set up a process to help them discover how to write. Mm -hmm. Um, I understand enough about reading now. I can set up a better process for them to really hook their brain up. That would have made 
that would have made life much easier on them had I done that. You mean like I, the steps in your uh, reading course? Yes, exactly. So, okay. and I'd say that with all the topics. So I would have done a little more formal training on, I did some on memory, but reading, um, uh, I'd probably a little more, if I sat down and worked on it, I bet I could design a simpler way to break down a math word problem. You know, yes. you know what I'm talking about. Like, like we did with the question uh, earlier. Um, trying to get it to its overall shape. So there are things like that from a skill viewpoint I would like to have tweaked. You know, as I look at it, I, I think, and I think most parents will experience this, what I would like to have done would have been, I think I was harder on the older kids than the younger. I think we tend yes. to do that. I think, yes, we all yeah. do. <laughs> so my, my biggest regret, I'm planning to share this with my son someday because I found some old material, some old training material, things I was working on. I'd written in there, it said, um, you know, things I need to work on. And I'd written, I'm too hard on trip. And I think I was. And part, you know, partly with his cerebral palsy, I was probably overcompensating to get him tough, you know? Yeah. I didn't name him Sue, like Johnny Cash's song, you know? I don't know if you know that old song. His dad <laughs> named the boy Sue. And he grew up mean and tough oh, and all. Oh, okay. And his dad said, that's the only way I knew to get you ready, you know? Wow. Um, so, so things like that, that I'd look back. But, but I did, you know, all of us grow up, we're all the firstborn in our families. Because you're still the firstborn third child with two parents, blah, blah, blah. It's still unique to you. So in all those, you know, when, when you have more kids, all the kids are technically involved in helping with the parenting one child gets in trouble for something and everybody gets the message. You're not having to go over it again with everybody. So, so right. that, that game uh, makes it easier. I, in our experience, the more kids we had, there were many things that were much easier. They could occupy each other. Um, lessons could be learned together. There are different ages and perspectives. There are a lot of cool things that happen with having five kids, right? Yes. But I still would look back and say, gosh, if I could have been a little less um tough i guess would be the word i look for on that older one especially i i would like to i'd like a do-over on that that'd be fun it's you know and i think about that a lot too but isn't that also didn't that contribute to how they are today <laughs> i'm sure you could see great qualities i, I can't i can't deny that I, you know it's it all works to good doesn't it so yes we have um he has cerebral palsy and you look at it and go, well, if you did it over, could you, and you chose not cerebral palsy, would you? And I go, probably I'm done that way. And yet <laughs> you look at, <laughs> you look at what has happened in his life and how that has served him. And there are a lot of special things that he's got uh, that came out of that challenge. And we all have that stuff, you know, all these things we go through that are painful or difficult or not ideal are part of what shape us. That's part of how we learn. That's part of how we grow. That's part of how we mature. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't trade any of that. It's kind of like the story. Have I told you the one about the Chinese guy with the horse and the sun? You remember this? I don't one? think so. No. It's, I heard of Chinese. It's probably a Sufi or something like this. One of these parables. But the story goes like this: This widow has only a son and a horse. And so they're pretty poor. And one day the son leaves the gate open and the horse runs out to the hills. 
So all his friends come by and say, oh, what terrible luck you've had. You've lost your horse. And he said, how do you know if it's terrible luck or good luck? And sure enough, the next day, the horse comes back with a whole herd of stallions in the corral, the sun closed the gate. He has all these horses. His friends yeah. come and say, oh, what wonderful luck you've had. And he said, how do you know if it's wonderful luck or bad luck? And sure enough, a few days later, the son's breaking one of the stallions. He gets thrown, he breaks his leg several places very severely. And his friends come that night and say, oh, what terrible luck. Your only son, your only worker has broken his leg. He said, how do you know if it's terrible luck or good luck? And sure enough, as we say in Alabama, sure enough, um, <laughs> two weeks later, uh, the army comes through conscripting or drafting all the boys of that village into a war that they went to and everyone died. Wow. Except that man's son. Right? So, so we don't know. how you frame it. Yeah. We, we just don't know. And so when we spend time trying to figure out what was good and what was bad and what had to happen all we get it gets a little sloppy since none of us are like the god in charge of the universe and so what's handed us is an opportunity to overcome a challenge and mature and you know i can regret those things but i also don't know how to how to pitch them i don't know how to sort that out i'm not that smart i don't know i don't know if it's good luck or bad Right. So parents need to give themselves a little grace in this area, right? Moms, especially with the mom guilt and being hard on themselves. And I think this is just kind of a universal truth. I mean, our, our pastor jokes about how in the Bible, you know, it says the oldest gets a double portion because we probably make all the mistakes on the oldest. <laughs> That's probably why, you know, so just give ourselves some grace there. Well, that's it. You know, I was, I always tell the kids, you know, it was done to me. Yeah. You know, if they want to blame me, well, I can blame my parents. They messed up and they can blame theirs. We can just pass that along forever, you know? Yes. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. I, I like, I like for people to catch on and realize, you know, your past, whatever the difficulties and trials and tough things, it's still your past. It's part of who makes you use and what you, you really don't want to get over it, whatever the crisis is or difficulty, you want to get through it and then let it become a part of you. Uh, you don't want to give up those lessons uh, and how that shapes you. Um, but that's a, that's a mindset, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it turned out to be a very deep answer to Sorry. homeschooling. <laughs> no, but it's great. And I, I hope all parents, hear that because there's a lot of good stuff there a lot of grace and you know just hearing your perspective and how your kids are now and how even you have these things that you you think about but like you said would you really do them over I mean it's part of who they are today and, and their strength so it's just yeah you know in my experience just, <laughs> just to sum sum this up what I would say to these moms like you bring up you, you want to think about <clears throat> what you're trying to do with your homeschool and your own life as stumbling in the right direction. Yes. <laughs> True. Right? I like so, that. So figure out the right direction and then realize there's going to be some stumbling. If yes. you fall down and lay there, that's not good. That's down for the count. But if you imagine that you're going to, you know, run like Usain Bolt faster than everybody else and be the cat's meow, um, you're going to be a very frustrated, 
person, or you're going to be very irritating to your friends, one of the two. But if we could all get in mind that we're all trying to stumble in the right direction, I think we can work with that. Yes. I love that. That's a great place to end this podcast. And if you have any questions that you'd like for us to answer, please email them to us at homeschoolingpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to read them and talk about them. Thank you.